Good evening, brothers and sisters. How are you all today? Uh, this is a repeat, uh, because I forgot the record. <laughs> so today is the last lesson for 2016. Uh, next week onwards, we will uh, continue with the lesson on Thursday. Uh, there were... There, there's some queries about uh, Chinese New Year. Yeah, Chinese New Year is uh, really early this year. So, uh, which one, what is the date? The, the Thursday that is nearest to Chinese New Year uh, is 26th of January. Yeah, 26th of January, just before the Chinese New Year. Uh, I usually have lesson up to the very last day. <laughs> so that is one day before the Eve. Yeah, Thursday is one day before New Year's Eve. Friday is New Year's Eve. Saturday is Chinese New Year, I think. Is it correct? Correct, huh? So, do you all uh, need to go and talk uh, about and How many of you... I think no, no need lah, huh? Because it's one day before Eve. Yeah, it's not the Eve itself. Buy things can buy earlier lah. Don't have to wait until the, huh? Okay lah. Uh, the following week, the Chinese New Year week itself, uh, there'll be a one week break. Oh, one week break. Huh? So the following week is already February. Uh, you are better to have class on the so Chui when is Chui uh? So, right? Uh, is a Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Then, uh, so, so, second of February. So, you are actually okay to have lesson on the second of February? Thursday. Thursday class. Thursday class. Why do you look so surprised, Billing? Second of February, not second of Sunday. Second February. Huh? Oh. So y'all really sprinkling until the very last hour. Huh? So, <laughs> so let me just be uh, clear. On the 28th, which is a Saturday, is first day of Chinese New Year. Okay? Then, so 26th is actually two days before Chinese New Year. Yeah, so you all have a choice. Either have a break on the twenty sixth of January, or 
on the 2nd of February. 26。26。Chinese New Year is on on the wait, wait, Chinese New Year is on uh Saturday, right? So so Saturday Sunday is actually uh already weekend ma. So does it mean that Monday, Tuesday uh holiday? Only Monday. So only three the holiday. Tuesday, 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 Saturday Okay, okay. Okay, so so shall, shall we set it twenty six there will still be oh no there's no class. Here are the listings for social services within eleven kilometers. Why why such social services? Okay. So on the second of February there will be lesson. Okay. Huh? We are starting the series, starting class next Thursday on the fifth, fifth of January. Okay. 不管是初几啦，反正就是second of February, not third. We don't care two 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 Sunday ban. Thursday, second of February, we will resume class. Okay? Twenty sixth of January we are not having class. Yeah. But we have to inform uh BL of the ch- change. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So when will this series end? Uh, when we finish the text off? <laughs> ten lessons also. Yeah. So each block will be ten lessons. The next after the next block, right? When we finish this block of ten lessons, uh, I propose to have a two week break. Then we will continue with another 10-week block. Oh, uh, maybe two weeks, maybe one week, maybe three weeks, depending on uh, if it's like June, December, then we may, be, we may have like slightly longer so that you all can go, go for your holidays. And 10 lessons to 3rd of Okay, still can. Oh, can? Can I ask? Okay. <laughs> okay. Any 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 questions? No. Huh? Okay. So. Uh, so last week, um, we stopped at verse, I think, uh, thirty nine. Yeah, verse 39. Yeah. So, 
，额外无复增，物命其意不亡。Yeah, so, uh, then last week I shared with you all the Pusian, uh, Jing Zhong Ji. Yeah, did you manage to find it at at home? Uh, not all, huh? Yeah. Uh, it's a reflection on. Uh, it's an ex- exaltation by Samantha Bhadra Bodhisattva Pusin Pusa to the assembly on the kind of mindset that one should have. Yeah, that uh, one should consider that at the end of each day, our life actually has decreased. Yeah, not increased. Yeah, has decreased, not increased. So, uh, if we do see that our life has indeed decreased, then what is there to be joyous about? Mm. Yeah. So then, the exaltation is that the, that everybody, the assembly, yeah, uh, should. Then put in uh, diligence and effort. Uh, diligence and effort, anyone can put in, but to what degree? Dang xing jing jing, ru jiu tou ran. Like uh, as though if your head is on fire. Yeah? Whether it's your headgear or your hair is on fire. If your head is on fire, uh, would you say. Uh, Tomorrow, tomorrow, <laughs> yeah. Would you say tomorrow? Then I put out the fire. Yeah, you wouldn't. Would you say, oh, I'm, I am, I'm busy. I cannot put out the fire. <laughs> yeah. So last week, uh, Sifu very skillfully uh, adjourned the discussion. Then share with you this. Then okay, now we decide the schedule. Uh, now then uh, everybody okay. <laughs> So to always reflect on impermanence and not be lax. Yeah. And in many ways, this whole series, yeah, uh, the past few verses, um, is is in that direction. Yeah. To Recognize that our life is transient, our life is short. Uh, and if we were to um, not recognize that, then we may just waste our, while our life away, yeah, amounting to no progress. Uh, a friend, a student asked, asked me a very interesting question recently. Uh, so the question is about jhana. Uh, Sri Fasi in one of the book mentions about karma, mentions about how uh, after a person has passed away, then subject to the karma, cycle of birth and death continues. Yeah. So, but if a person were, and if a person were to practice. Uh, meditation and attain up to jhana, 
then the person can be reborn in the heavenly realms, enjoying the fruits of that practice in the jhana world. Uh, that that section may be a bit brief, yeah, could be, uh, but I elaborated uh, because the question is: so after attaining rebirth in a happier realm, such such as in the jhana form world, yeah, which is a heavenly realm, then does the person? Uh, why would a person then be reborn in lower realms after that? Wouldn't the person continue to meditate? <coughs> so the example I gave, or that I gave was, uh, to be reborn as a human being requires you to have done some wholesome deeds. Yeah. So uh, if you look at humanity as a whole, there are those who continue to do wholesome deeds but not all some having gotten a human rebirth then uh, don't do wholesome deeds there's this question about how the Buddha described if a person were to just spend his or her life just enjoying and indulging in sensual pleasure then this results in uh, war war not war eh? war that means sorrow and so on. And uh, some students have raised a question mark like, what, what's wrong with enjoying yourself? Yeah. Enjoying yourself doesn't lead to a human rebirth. <laughs> it is not because you all enjoy yourself as a human being before that you become a human being again. It is that you did something worthy to be a human being that you can reborn as a human being. So if a person, after receiving the human rebirth, were to spend the whole human rebirth just enjoying themselves, nothing wrong, in a way. But So it's, it's not that you are being punished for just enjoying yourself. It's that you have not uh, planted the seeds that is conducive for human rebirth. And what is conducive for human rebirth? Uh, in Chinese, 五戒十善, to observe the, the base five precepts and... Uh, to engage in the ten wholesome deeds. Yeah. The ten wholesome deeds would include three bodily, four verbal, and three mental deeds. Yeah. I'll elaborate in a, in a while. Um, so the key thing is that uh, this would then r- wrap up and round up the whole, this whole series, uh, 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 this whole series of verses, not the whole series commentary but this whole series of verses about why there's, there seems to be this whole preoccupation you know about oh yeah, if you don't do good uh, then you like it's almost like a punishment yeah, but in a way as we learn more about the teachings and about uh, karma and so on then you realize that it's not so much a punishment in, in many cases yeah? uh, and in fact to use the word punishment can sometimes be Misleading, as though there's someone to punish you. Yeah, but in fact, it's just the result you get for the kind of conditions you are planting. Yeah. So by mere fact that rebirth in any realms requires the suitable conditions, it, it, it just, it's just that um, if you 
plant the seeds, uh, influenced and driven by defilements, yeah, to harm, to just uh, driven by defilements, then this leads to painful results. Human rebirth is very unique. You have a combination of painful and pleasant experiences. And also neither painful nor pleasant experiences. The lower realms in general have more pain than pleasure. Animal realms, they have a combination of pain and pleasure also, but more pain than pleasure. Yeah? And bouts of neither pain nor pleasure. Hungry ghosts, uh, barely any pleasure at all, mostly painful experiences, yeah? and maybe bouts of neither painful nor pleasure. Hell beings, no pleasure, only pain and neither painful nor pleasure. And some of, of, the, of the hell realm, such as the, the hell of um, uh, the uninterrupted hell, is where the painful experiences is constant. From the start until the end of the karma is always suffering. So for them it's very unique. No pleasant experiences, no neither pleasant nor painful experiences, only painful experiences. If we then go up to look at heavenly realms, uh, it's the, quite the opposite. Uh, for the most part, no painful experiences, although there are descriptions in the uh, suttas, the nikayas, about heavenly beings having um, war, having fight with asuras. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, the heavenly beings, the sensual realm heavenly beings, are described <laughs> as pretty peace-loving, but at times described as having conflict with uh, some of the devas or not so much devas, the asuras yeah? and they can be hurt also but they, they, they can sort of reform easily uh, there's this part about how they cannot get their head chopped off if their head gets chopped off, they will die yeah. so you may find this familiar yeah? some of the movies actually borrow from Buddhist uh, this cosmology view Indian cosmology view and make it into a movie. Yeah. But heavenly beings, as far as physical uh, experiences is concerned, is uh, mainly pleasant experiences. Yeah. Mainly pleasant ones. Uh, maybe bouts of neither painful nor pleasant. Yeah. But uh, for mental, uh, they would experience unpleasantness. Yeah when they are approaching death. Yeah, that death is very protracted. Yeah. Human, we come back to human again. So human realm, we have uh, pleasant experiences, unpleasant experiences or painful ones. And in between, especially for Singaporeans, a lot of neither painful nor pleasant ones. Yeah. So we get very bored, then we go shopping, we go for... <laughs> Holiday. Yes. So asuras, mm, for asuras, they are said to uh, to have equivalent merits as devas. 
but due to their uh, uh, tendency for jealousy, yeah, tendency for jealousy uh, and uh, anger, so they cannot fully appreciate or enjoy their uh, merits. So sometimes in, 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 the, in Buddhist text, there's such description as uh, saying uh, to watch ourselves uh, to make sure that we don't become an Ashura. Yeah. So sometimes Ashura is described as a trait yeah, that one should not be Ashura-like. Uh, not so much that you, you really become an Ashura and then woo, huh? yeah, but not to have those traits, jealous traits, Rafu's traits. So, if we follow through the text, then uh, in in this context, then when you look at the the verses, okay, yeah, then it's perhaps easier to appreciate that. Okay, our life shouldn't just be about. Seeking gratification for ourselves. Yeah. Now, it has been uh, asked before, both in this class and other classes, about should we be cultivating for to gain merits? Should we be practicing to chalk up brownie points, so to speak? You know, yeah. In order to earn enough brownie points and merits, then you can qualify. You know, it's almost like the P6 that recently got the results, you know, is your aggregate score <laughs> sufficient to get your relevant school? Uh, the, the contention I see in, in uh, most of the cases when this is being brought up is the whole idea that um, it feels a bit odd. If a person were to do good, yeah, to do charity, to be helpful, just so that you can get a human rebirth. You, you know what I mean? That if a person were to just do a lot of charity, do a lot of good, help helpful to others, actually the intent is not to help, but just to gain gain credits for the happy rebirth. Yeah? It's it feels a bit off. Yeah, I'm totally with you in it feels a bit off. That's also the reason why I refused to go for the novice retreat last time when I was told that is that you can gain merits that way. <laughs> so I'm totally with you. Uh, but despite that, uh, one should not ignore the fact that yeah, certain practices are meritorious, certain actions are demeritorious. How we feel towards it is another thing. Yeah? How we approach it is another thing. You know what I mean? The fact is that when you do help people, it is something wholesome. But if you notice what I mentioned earlier, or what is mentioned or taught by the Buddha, the five precepts and the ten wholesome deeds, is, is a lot of self-restraint. Yeah? It's a lot of... Um, self-restraint to govern ourselves, to manage ourselves. Yeah? So, um, lesser, a bit lesser to do with 
oh, I do this, help people just to help myself. Oh. You have some questions or thoughts? Uh, just wondering, so where does the merit exactly lie? Is it in the the mindset or the attitude that a person carries in doing the good deed, or is it in the deed itself? I mean, where, where, where do we put the place the merit? Mm. Yeah. So the Buddha uh, in Anguttara Nikaya, he lists out a whole list of different ways that people do giving. Yeah, there's a sutta on dana, giving. Yeah, and he lists out all the different uh, scenarios where he says there are those who give out of tradition uh, because in my family since seven generations ago uh, uh, my family have been giving so I have to continue this legacy I have to give there are those who give uh, out of compassion there are those who give uh, uh, for various reasons then there are those who give thinking ah, may this support this person in their practice. Yeah. Uh, but the Buddha, from what, I, what we see in his teachings, any form of giving, even when you think, uh, there's even one. Giving, thinking, ah, uh, by doing this, uh, there are host, uh, pleasant results. Now this is something very interesting because the Buddha in many places highlighted that if a person were to do good <clears throat> with the results in mind, he actually considered this as wholesome. Uh, now it is perhaps a fine line, yeah, perhaps a fine line. Uh, in, in what sense? Uh, in a sense that if a person were to do good, thinking, ah, such good deeds have its proportionate good results, versus, I do it just to get the results. You know what I mean? Uh, you exercise, you become healthy. Yeah. Uh, must you exercise without thinking, oh, I don't want to be healthy. Don't have to also, ma. You just gotta do exercise. Yeah. But if you do exercise with the proper understanding of how different exercises can help you to be healthy, that can also be a good thing, isn't it? You, you, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, so the, the point is that while it feels a bit off to say uh, a person do charity just to gain merits, yeah, uh, one should not then totally disconnect Charity with merits, yeah. Because to do that is to obliterate uh, karma. To say that oh, just do charity, but no results. Don't care about results. Do want results, yeah. Sorry, do One should not. Should not do charity with the result in mind. No, I'm saying one should not obliterate this whole, this whole relation as well doing charity and then say no 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 results no results then you are basically negating karma you are negating the law of causality yeah
these are two extremes. Uh. <laughs> do purely for the results or do and then negate all the results. Uh, but that's the problem with us. Uh. We tend to go to the extremes. Uh. Instead, we can recognize that as I do good, there will be good results. Yeah, But it's with kindness that I wish to help the person. Why not? If you if you consider, when you meditate, there should be results. You attend Dharma class, no results. Then attend for what? There should be results. If there are no results, either you fail or I fail or we all fail together. <laughs> Correct or not? Yeah? Uh, after learning Dharma, after doing charity, it should bring happiness for yourself and others. Nothing wrong with wanting that, isn't it? Uh, I think what is wrong is if you do charity just wanting happiness for yourself and don't care about whether it brings happiness for people. Uh, so don't throw the baby out, out with the water. Understand? Yeah. Don't because there are some people who do charity just thinking about themselves. Yeah. Then we 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 say that oh shouldn't think about results altogether. Yeah. It's the extreme preoccupation with the results such that the person is just blind to whether the person gets help. I just want to do charity. Yeah. And it's, it becomes, it becomes really a, a, a preoccupation. Yeah. There's this joke in Buddhist circle where people are so affixed with doing charity that they end up just always doing charity but never quite experiencing the result. As in, they are, they are to the point where they are fearful of having anything good, you know. Because they are so afraid that they will use up their positive karma. <laughs> Have you heard of people like that? Yeah. They are so preoccupied with having enough positive karma, then anything good that happens, duan, 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 duan. <laughs> yeah. And I, must, I want to highlight to you all, that may not, not be the right attitude also. Mm, that may not be the right attitude also. Uh, how to draw a line? Uh, uh, take a ruler and then. <laughs> not easy, not easy. Yeah, not easy to draw the line. And how long some more, right? Uh, in which direction? Uh, should it be perpendicular? <laughs> yeah, so you have to um, ask yourself something very simple. Yeah. Uh, again, both are extremes. Yeah. If you are so preoccupied that you don't, you start to reject good experiences, that's wrong. But if you go to the other extreme, that you become preoccupied with enjoying the experiences, then you then you are also going the wrong way. Huh? Yeah. Uh, if you do enough good, then that there are good things that happen. Okay. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Oh. Sorry. Yes. Uh, to add on to this discussion, uh-huh. uh, so let's say if someone is uh, doing charity because he knows that it's meritorious and he, he wants the merits, mm. uh, isn't it like the same as you know what we were discussing earlier about the yuan xin versus the xin xin? So the person is still having like the xin xin, right? Is it still having the xin xin? The yuan xin and the xin xin active. Yeah, but um, in this case, it's a little bit different if the person is doing it just to gain merits. Yeah, 
and 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 that's the thing, lor. If the person is just doing it purely for merits, then it means that his preoccupation is on himself alone. Then it's it it becomes from a self-centered motivation. So the 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 intention itself would uh, not exactly make it a sincere because yeah, I not think as sincere has to come from like a pure yeah. intention to benefit others, right? Correct. It, it must stem from Buddhichitama. Okay. Uh, having said all this, uh, I also want to say that if you know of someone who really do it just for the merits, uh, don't say, you you do it, do it in this level. You know what Chongguan Pasu say or not? <laughs> like that low class, oh no, don't do that. Don't, <laughs> uh, no, don't say that also. Yeah? Uh, but... <laughs> Because at different times we are at different stage, ma. You know, maybe now we are able to, you know, like really give without any attachment. Yeah, but maybe we start off three kapas ago, and then at that point, then wow, jam jam seng. You know, maybe maybe we we keep an Excel file to keep track how many merits point. You know, and then before we offer, then we ask, wah, well, do you know background study to find out wah, well, I give to this person or that person, which one has more merits. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but so we we give people a chance, and I will go as far as to say, even when a person is like that, encourage them. Ah, good, wow, well done, sadu sadu sadu, wow, it's wonderful. But don't lie, ah. I'm not asking you to lie, okay? What is so good to sadu about? Well, at least you're you're giving, and you recognize, encourage him or her in the positive way, in the right way. It's not about being positive, feel good, ah. But about going in the right direction, yeah. Encourage the person and and highlight the good part of what he's doing, which is that yeah, this this person recognizes that there are results, recognizes causality. Ah, so he said, oh, that's wonderful. But highlight, hey, there's another part of the causality. You know, when you do good, that person benefit as well. Wow, isn't that joyful? Yeah, maybe the first time, joyful man. Ah, never mind. It's okay. Yeah, I feel so joyful. Never mind. You, the fact that you are doing, I, I feel so joyful already. Oh, then, hey, the person, hey, not bad, huh? Ah, the person is encouraged to do that again, and one day the person may truly feel the joy of giving. Oh. Lily, you had a. No, I answer it. Oh, okay. Ah, uh. uh, that is. Yes, that is correct. That is the giving that is guided by prashna paramita. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and the good point, uh, uh, As I said, we are at different levels. So even if a person is giving in the way that you, we may see or feel that it is not so ideal, uh, don't immediately. Uh, not that Lily do that, uh, but don't throw in diamond sutra and say, hey, well, then the person, then, <laughs> uh, uh, encourage, uh, continue. Because why? Because true giving, um, giving is the is one of the key fundamental practice. Why? Because if you cannot even um, 
give up a bit of material possession initially, how to give up the self, how to have the appreciation of no self. Uh, but as the person do it over time, they start to have lesser attachment, lesser attachment. Then the other teachings and practices can can be planted. That's a description that's very beautiful. And it's about how, as you do, do and it's not just giving, uh, any kind of wholesome bits, charity, helping people and so on, the heart is like a field. Uh, it becomes, it's like you, you go and uh, 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 plow the soil, you know, uh, plowing the soil, yeah, and then it becomes very fertile. So that when you meditate, you practice precepts, you put in effort, you attend Dharma class, wow, the seeds once planted, wow, immediately. Yeah. Whereas if the person, uh, cold, the, the heart is very close up, so, uh, <laughs> uh, hard to you know, activate. So, I have this burning question <coughs> okay, for a long line. time. Okay. Uh, every time when I pass by MRTs, I'll see these people with the tissue, tissue paper. Uh, yes, and yes. then some of them are like not so old. Some of them are like able body. Yeah. Uh, but they look very pathetic. Oh. And then they'll you know, like beg people to buy tissue from them. Yeah or to give them some charity. So, I'm always uh, very uh, in the dilemma, don't know whether to give, to, or not to, give. to give or not to give. So, there were a few times where I actually gave to people whom I thought, you know, wheelchair bound, and they right. were elderly. Right. And then, um, later I found out, oh, this person is actually uh, using the money to, to feed or to raise an adult, ch- uh, adult child. And then, oh, this, this person is taking the money to maybe go and buy alcohol. Uh. So, am I <laughs> helping or am I not helping if I want to give to these people? Uh. Yeah, so, what, how should we even give properly? Mm. Yeah. So, uh, when, we, uh, when we give, uh, the Buddha, again in one of the other sutra, highlighted how... Uh, Giving can be purified either on the giver side or the recipient side, or can be on both sides, or can be not on both sides. So, if you do the permutation, there are four scenarios. The giver gives uh, with a pure intent, uh, and the recipient receives and uses it to, to good, yeah, to good ends. Um, the first case, this is the best, purified on both ends. Second case, the giver give with a pure intent, but the recipient uh, don't put it to good purpose or good end. So it's not purified on the recipient side. Then you have the recip- the giver who give with a uh, not purified intent. Yeah. Uh, let me give you a simple example. Uh, boyfriend go out with girlfriend. Yeah, want to. Hi. Although yeah, although still giving, but actually giving with as show off, you know. Yeah, to impress. So it's not really to 
but of course the person still receives, you know. Uh, but the person receiving may be purified. Yeah, so given not purified, recipient can be purified. The verse is both are not purified. Okay? So far so good? So these are the four cases. Now, um, assuming in in your case and in many people's cases is you want to you are happily, joyfully wanting to help. So you are the first two cases, purified giving. But the recipient, uh, question mark. And in some cases, actually proved to be using it to no good. Yeah. Uh, the, the definition of no good is questionable. Uh. Yeah. So um, before we go into what are the cases of questionable, right or wrong, it's important to note, as the giver, we can only purify the giving part. If you are the recipient, you can only purify the recipient part. Uh, you cannot control how the person is going to purify his side or not. But you can always choose. You, 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 you are not compelled to give when you know that the person, uh, after receiving that, is going to go and buy alcohol or something. So if you can, do your due diligence and give appropriately. Uh, but... One thing that I've learned before is once you have given, don't doubt yourself. Don't second guess yourself. Uh, so one of the hindrances, yeah, one of the hindrances, restlessness and worry. Yeah, usually we talk about restlessness due to the worry of one's uh, imperfect precepts. Yeah, but in some of the texts, it goes deeper to talk about how we may regret over wrong things we have done. We may also regret over right things we have done. Uh, this is one case. You do something and it's actually by itself is right. But you start to wonder, hey, is the person using it for right or wrong? Uh, then, in the end, you, you, <laughs> even your giving itself becomes contaminated. Uh, now, if after the first time you give and you, okay, I'm, I give happily, sadhu, 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 you walk off. The next day you see, or maybe after that you are waiting in the bus stop, and then you see him, <coughs> eh, eh, then go over to the coffee shop, uncle, and then, eh, then the money that you took out, eh, you remember that $10 note, well, you know, because you use the commemorative $10 note, then you remember, and then, like, then uh, Mabulo spout or something, you know. Yeah. Wow, then you, wow, what is this? Yeah. Then you got up, then the next time you see him or her, then up to you, Lord, you don't want to buy, then don't, don't, you don't want to buy the tissue, then don't buy lah. You know what I mean? Uh, so if you want to uh, uh, give, uh, don't, don't, yeah. <coughs> Unless you have the time and, uh, you know, the space to go and, yeah. Another approach is uh, a long time ago, I, when I was maybe in my teens, I remember once I was in the market with my mom. Um, morning, went to the market, then having breakfast. Then there was a monk who went to the hawker center to ask for alms or just stand there. And my mom told me to go and buy, I can't remember what, bihun, cha bihun, normal cha bihun. Yeah. And then I went there, kneel down, and offer, 
Yeah. And I remember at that point in time, I, I had this thought, uh, as I support this monk in future, if I have the conditions to ordain, may I have the support you know, in my practice also. Yeah. Uh, occasionally you hear about bogus monks. Uh, yeah. Then uh, almost 24 hours, uh, anytime there are people, they, they are there, and then they sometimes give out amulet, and then they... Yeah, so that's clearly uh, not arms. Yeah. Uh, so the question is, if it's a, a person who, who don't sell tissue, if a person who sells tissue, it's up to you to decide, okay, do you want to make it a, a, a transaction? You're just buying tissue. Yeah. Uh, $2, 3 packet, $1, 3 packet, your choice. Yeah. Do you want, do you want to bargain? Like, hey, it's your choice. Yeah? The, the, the trouble is, um, as a person, we feel bad bargaining, but we feel bad also for uh, if we feel that they are cheating. You know? yeah, so if you feel that they are cheating, then don't buy. It's okay. Yeah? Just don't buy. Uh, if you want to do charity, and the person say three packet one dollar, and you give that two person two dollar, and the person look 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 want to give you one dollar, and you say never mind never mind. If you say never, it's your choice, huh? Remember, it's your choice. If you say never mind, then you cannot say, hey, I say never mind. Also, you cannot use the one dollar for anything else. So you must be for something good. You better give me an annual report after that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ah, uh, not 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 laughing at you for the one dollar. I mean. Uh, Chinese tradition there's this saying uh, so that the the the, give, the dana the offering of the lay uh, the, the lay follower one grain of rice is the, the, the responsibility as or the merit is as great as the whole Mao Shumeru yeah. uh, this is towards monastics that we should have this kind of attitude towards offerings given. Not to like, well, to call the other. No, cannot. Yeah. But unfortunately, they are not monastics. So some of them may, may have some attitude or something. Yeah. Sometimes they don't want to make that change. Yeah, they may not want to. But there okay? are others who really push the change back to you. Yeah, I, I have seen before some uncle, auntie, they, they actually refuse if you give more. And Sometimes you have to observe also, because for them, they are making a living. They are not begging for, they are not beggars. So, um, I, I, I have immense respect for them, yeah. um, that, that they actually hold themselves up to that standard. Yeah. Now, there are some cases where they don't even sell tissue, they just, uh, <laughs> yeah, I have encountered a few times. So... They ask you for food. So what I was taught is that um, you don't give them the money. You ask them what food you want, uh, you buy the food for them. It's your choice whether you want to insist, you know, uh, elements like vegetarian food, or if they want to eat chicken rice, to go chicken rice. I mean, it's your choice. Yeah, because it's your money. If you want to give them tabihun, you give them tabihun. Yeah. That should cover... Many of the cases. Yes, Doreen. More than 
material gift. You give material gift to tissue auntie on the street. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I'm just trying to establish a context. Huh? Uh, you give someone and then? If you if you give the person something that you know that they may not need it, may or may not need it, uh, and the person can always give it to somebody else. Uh, what's your question again? <laughs> oh, you're asking whether that's okay? Is it okay? Yeah, of course. In fact, for me as a general rule, whenever people give me things, if it's like, for example, two horse race, then I don't have to explicitly tell tell the giver that you give me this, I may give it away. One cup, just finish it, you know? Yeah, but when it's certain items that I know I may not need it, or I may not use it for long, yeah, especially when items are of a certain value, then I will highlight to the person, if you give it to me, you must be prepared that I may give it away. Are you okay with that? If you're not okay, then you may want to reconsider. Uh, yeah. So this is the other part about giving. Uh, remember, once you give, it's not yours anymore. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we sometimes, I don't know about y'all, yeah, but sometimes we may have people who give something, then after that, hey, where is that thing? Sufu, can you not go see for Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what don't see? Sufu don't see lah. I see. Okay, okay, lah, lah, come, come, guys. Okay, so, um, Ling Zhong. Mi Liu Ji Zong Qing Sui Wei Rao Ming Jue Zhu Ku Tong Wei Wu Yi Ren Shou So this word here Mi Liu uh, you, you cannot separate them uh, because this is a phrase uh, if I don't recall wrongly this phrase means like uh, uh, prolonged sickness yeah, prolonged sickness so Ling Zong Mi Liu Ji Meaning that um, maybe at the uh, at the deathbed, yeah, or at the end of a long, long period of, of sickness, yeah. Uh, then what happened? Maybe while you are surrounded by all your kings, your friends and family, yeah. When you are when you when. When your life comes to an end with all the various pain, it's still experienced by you and you alone. As much as well, when your life comes to an end and having if, if you've gone through prolonged this sickness and you're surrounded by all, all of them, they cannot bear it for you. You have to experience it yourself. You have to experience it yourself. Sometimes Buddhist teaching is very in your face, uh. <laughs> yeah, very in your face. Uh, but it is a truth. Uh. It is a truth. Uh. 
there are certain things, there are many things that you can do with your friends, uh, your kaki, yeah, your buddy, do with your spouse, yeah, your children. But when it comes to facing death, yes, before you close your eyes, before your visions go off, before, before you take your final breath, yeah, they are still there. But once that sets in, different texts have various descriptions of the whole process, yeah. But ultimately, you have to face it yourself. In many ways, the Buddhist practice of meditation in silence is a very, very powerful practice, yeah, to prepare yourself. Yeah, to prepare yourself. Not just for the death, but for living your life in the right way. Yeah. Because if you can if you can face yourself silently, quietly, even for five minutes, once in a while, then you are okay. You can face yourself. Yeah. And be at peace with yourself. Be at peace with not having any any of your possessions. You know what I mean? Even if you are at home meditating, you are in your condo, your house, your HDB, your car is parked outside. Yeah. Even if you are meditating in your car, when you are meditating, you are not in possession of your possessions. Because if you are really meditating, you are not using anything. You know what I mean? You may be in your house, you may be in your car, but a very direct experience is that for that few minutes or half an hour, you are required to be divorced from them, even while you are sitting in your car seat. And the earlier and the more you train yourself in this way, then you realize that yeah, even as you possess these possessions, it is only yours in name. It is only yours in name. Temporary, temporary loan, you know. Yeah, just let you use for a while. That's all. Yeah. Just for you to use for a while. Including even this body. Yeah. In some of the lineages, they even go further to reflect on death during meditation. In most centers, when you go for meditation classes, uh, we share with you anapanasati, yeah? mindfulness of the breath. Why, why is it that in most centers we don't share with you mindfulness of breath? Uh, because if you are not able to, to remain calm, just observing the breath, day one, come, reflect on them. Oh. <laughs> Second class, halfway through, run away. <laughs> so some of these practices come at a certain stages. Yeah. There are, I know of some, uh, some uh, meditation teachers who during retreats even have um, sessions where they go to the cemetery in the Buddha's time, if you look at a lot of the suttas, the Buddha would often highlight that is the empty space, that is the empty heart, that is the root of the tree, that is the channel ground. Go meditate. 
charnel ground is not like our cemetery, nice, nice, you know, got gate, you know, there's a fixture. Charnel ground is where all the bodies are around. <laughs> so it's a very direct, yeah. But the Buddha don't go around asking lay people to you go to the charnel ground. <laughs> Why? Because he, well, different people at different stages uh, are ready for different things. Uh, so I'm not asking you all to now to, tonight go out to upper Arjuna there. No, huh? Uh, uh, Mount Vernon Mount Vernon Mount Vernon Mount <laughs> no, no, I, I will go there. La. <laughs> but, uh, bole, uh. Oh, wow. So you all have limited time uh, to go and experience it. <laughs> I think the only one is the Chachukang <laughs> Lab. Uh. Uh, so, yes. Uh, can you uh, elaborate on the 10th wholesome list? Ah, yes. So ten wholesome deeds, three physical, uh, bodily, four verbal, and three mental. Uh, actually, once I enumerate, you will know. The first three, three bodily, to abstain from killing, stealing, and sexual misconduct. Yeah. Abstain from killing, stealing, and sexual misconduct. I don't know whether our breakfast or the keyboard will breakfast. <laughs> yeah. So there are four, lying, harsh speech, 
divisive speech and frivolous speech. <laughs> and three mental. Does this only apply for the human realm? As in, for you, you said that the you observe deeds were needed for human, human realm. Rebirth, right? Yes. So let's say if it's a dog or cat, is it? Meaning that uh, to be reborn as a dog uh, or cat. Well, let's say if they are of other realms, uh, and then they want to be reborn as a human. Ah. Uh, it applies, yeah. It applies throughout. Whoever fulfills these qualities can be reborn as a human being. Yes, a cat cannot lie to another cat. Uh, the, the cat finished all the food. Then after, meow 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 uh, some nights you hear oh, uh, quarrel. <laughs> You'd be surprised, uh, it, it, Now, if YouTube is very interesting, you see a lot of a lot of clips about cats, uh, Sometimes really jerk, you know. <laughs> they do all kinds of things to. <laughs> I know some of you like cats, but. Uh, there are there are more videos of cats behaving like jerks than dogs. Uh, yeah, the small little cat uh, bully the dog, no? the big dog, then the cat walk. Both I both you. So you will notice that the five precepts. Is basically from number one to number four, and then you add in alcohol. Uh, you add in alcohol with one to four, that is the five precepts. And you will notice that the, the number one to three, number one to three is actually part of the Noble Eightfold Path, right action. Yeah, number four to seven is actually right speech. Uh, right speech. Mm. 
So if you want, I can actually put it into a table. Would that be helpful? Would you all want me to do that now? No need, not maybe not not no need, lah, huh? Okay. Any any questions about this? Any questions? Okay, ah. Uh. Frivolous speech is qi uh, yeah, qi. So, in uh, some translations, they translate as either chatter. So, uh, in a way, uh, it depends on how the gossip is done. Uh, because if the gossip is done in a certain way, it can fall under divisive speech. Yeah. So, frivolous speech or either chatter is really about um, when you engage in speech that doesn't serve any wholesome purposes. doesn't have to be unwholesome, uh, but just... Uh, just talk for the sake of talking. <laughs> now, bear in mind, uh, there are a variety of speeches, such as when you meet your friend and you ask how they are and you console them, you, you know, yeah, take it easy. These are not considered either chatter. Uh, but if you spend hours after hours, sit at a coffee shop and chit chat, then lakopi, huh? Let me share with you my own observation. I realized that when you chit-chat with people, you are almost never talking about the present. You are either talking about the past or the future. You're talking about what happened last week, la, you know, yesterday at work, la, you know, hey, last time you remember, oh, yeah, nowadays are uh, not the same. Uh, either talking about the past or the future. Wow, eh, how? Going anywhere next year? Huh? Wow, New Year not, not staying in Singapore, going overseas. Where? Japan. Wow, nice. Eh? Talking about the future. Yeah. You talk about the past first. How far do you go? Oh, you went to Italy. Wow, almost oh, got, got robbed, but returned. Wow, so hang. Wow. Then after that, wow, eh, I was so thinking, I'm so, so thinking about going to Italy. Wow, how, how, how? Or you hear the person say that, oh, you went to Italy. Yeah, I also went to Italy. <laughs> we'll talk about the past or talk about future. I don't know whether you all realize this, but one day I said, ah, Well, then I'm, I'm quite afraid of having more conversations than required. <laughs> I realize when you, when you see clearly that, hey, when you look through the, you know, especially now that there's, like, you use WhatsApp, all this, uh, when you talk, you, most people cannot remember what they say. Yeah. Sifu more or less can remember. Yeah. Uh, but with WhatsApp, you don't have to remember. It's all that. Uh, you all can go back and take a look. Yeah. Unless it's, it's those like, hey, what time are we meeting? Yeah. You see, what time are we meeting? Eh, future. Of course, there's something really wrong with just confirming what time we are meeting. But many times, when it's, it goes beyond this, then... It is. Um, it can quite easily, when you talk about the past or the future, then lead to gossip, leads to some conflict. Uh, 
and that's why it's not conducive for the development of the mind, yeah, cultivation of the mind. Oh. Yeah, in the past when I see this other chapter, other chapter tells me. <laughs> yeah, but actually, each of these have has some consequences. Oh. Okay, if there's no questions on this, because this by itself is a cause. Uh. <laughs> this by itself can be a four four week session. Yeah. If you all have uh, have interest to know more about this, uh, let me know. We can see how we can fit it in somehow. Oh. So, uh, in line with this verse 40, it's an exercise that I've been sharing at different centers. Uh, and it's about spending time alone. Yeah. Uh, some students come to me and ask me how they can have more friends. Yeah. Uh, some some of them when they ask me this question, they literally just text me on Facebook. Yeah. Some they have attended my class before or they actually come to see me for counseling and they ask me about this question. And uh, this is what I share with them. Uh, to have, to really have friends, friends, uh, you need to be happy by yourself. First. You need to be happy with yourself. If you cannot be happy with yourself by yourself, hard to have a uh, long-term friendship. Uh, why? Uh, whoever come into contact with you initially, okay, but over time it becomes a strain. Yeah. Consciously or unconsciously we would exude a kind of dependency. A kind of dependency. Attachment. It may seem like a, like a, you know, goes against our uh, common sense. But Sufu, at the first place, they, they, they ask you to have more friends is because they don't have friends. Then you still ask them to be happy by themselves. They're not happy by themselves. That's why they ask you for help. Then you ask me... <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you know what I mean? So I, I understand the, the seeming contradiction. But the truth is, you really have to just face it in the... You know, hit it on the nail on the head and say... Yeah, I need to learn to be happy with myself so that I can be happy by myself. Yeah, and so one of the exercises I've been sharing with people is at least once a week, you should spend, maybe you start off with half an hour and then increase to one hour. Not to meditate. Huh? Uh, this is something I specifically highlight. Don't meditate. Why? Because if you're good in meditation, you just meditate before you know it, one hour. Well, nothing like <laughs> uh, No. It is to not meditate, but just spend. Huh? You can do anything, but don't use your phone. Spend one hour, sit down there, link copy, la copy, then text, 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 text. Very easy. Anyone can do that. 30, 36 hours a day, no problem. <laughs> Why 36, 36 hours? Because after one day, you can do for another half a day. <laughs> uh, but it becomes a challenge if you have to entertain yourself for one hour. <coughs> If you have to, and, and the initial part of the exercise, I advise people, um, you can 
still have a book to read initially. But later on, you should learn to not have a book to read. Yeah. But don't go shopping. Huh? You know what I mean? Don't go to end up spending time engaging in very uh, common activities that you are used to. Journaling? Uh, journaling initially, okay. Yeah, a form of self-reflection. But gradually, learn to... The key thing is not so much this can, that cannot. Uh, but why do this? Yeah. It's to learn to be okay not being, pre- not being occupied. So just do nothing and be Initially, yes. And then later on, okay, bring in your own activity. Yeah. <coughs> For example, you go for a walk by yourself. Uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, but if the person likes to be Alone. by himself, ah, does then? it make it antisocial? Oh, like no. people have this perception this person and this Uh, there's a difference between. <laughs> uh, good point, huh? Her question is: If a person likes to be by himself or herself, then would such a person be seen as being anti-social? There's a difference between being able to be by yourself versus die-die want to be by yourself. (laughs) There's a difference between uh, there's a difference between being okay to have people around versus must have people around. Uh, These are two different things. uh. Imagine if Sifu is a person who who you may not say, eh, stay longer, stay longer. It's just so You know, most monastics that I know, uh, they are quite okay by themselves. They don't need anybody to kind of say. But there are some who are more uh, comfortable by themselves. Yeah? But most are okay even if there are people. Uh, so that's the distinction. So I don't go around telling people, you must do this, you must do that. But for those who are immediate students of mine, uh, uh, then depends. If they don't like to be by themselves, uh, I will give them the exercise, learn to be by yourself. If they like to be by themselves and don't like to be with people, I'll say, uh, learn to interact with artists. <laughs> then you become more complete. Ma. You don't have to l- come to Sifu to learn something you already know how to do. Uh. Correct? Uh, those who do want to do work, uh, you must do work. Those who want to do work, no, you, you, you do less. Uh, you took it easy. <laughs> okay? Uh, so try this exercise. I'll try this exercise. Yeah. Once a week, spend uh, half an hour, one hour. Yeah. Um, for those of you who have children, unfortunately, if you hear this the first time, uh, if you hear this the first time and your children are already grown up, uh, it may or may not be too late. Yeah, uh, But I know of many parents, when their children come of age, 20-something, 30-something, settle, get married, then they feel, a, a, for some, uh, not all, for some, they feel a deep sense of loss. Yeah? And it's something that you, you cannot easily just tell people and people can understand. Yeah. But you don't have to, you don't have to um, just 
just suffer silently, you can do something about it. Yeah? Uh, which is to learn to um, be happy even without your children. I share with a lot of kids this, this very simple thing. Some kids are nowadays, wow, Mahjam like, wow, Lopa Lama, Really, no, some kids I tell you. So, you know what I tell them in the face? I say, you must remember one simple truth. Before you were even born, your father and mother were quite happy by themselves. That's the whole reason why they get married. Then you came along, then they shared this love with you. You must remember that. So don't think that they cannot live without you. <laughs> Unfortunately, the truth is some parents cannot live without the children. <laughs> so while I tell the children that, I also want to tell the parents, you must learn to live without your children also. Because otherwise, when they come to a certain age, the attachment is not the, the kind of, wow, kind of attachment. No. It's a very subtle, getting used to kind of attachment. I used to think attachment is from wow, desire. Yeah, desire can give rise to attachment, but the really deep attachment is from seeing the person day in, day out. Every day the person is there. Then you get so used to the person being there. The person may not do some, may not give you Mother Day card, Mother's Day card, Father's Day card every day. May not every day, I love you, on every day give you a surprise. The kind of surprises only give you, wow, that's nice. But it is the every day the person is there. Ah, that creates that. Pang mm. Kui type. Yeah. So, learn to, once in a while, okay, okay. And it's good for the child also. Yeah, good for the child also. And then, if, if both parents and child can be happy by themselves, Ah, then together they can be happy. Yeah, why? Because that kind of happiness doesn't have that clingy feeling. Of course, for some, no, I I cling on to my child. My child child clinging on to me very nice. What good? Oh, yeah. But unfortunately, I have ever encountered cases where, and you occasionally will see on YouTube, uh, some some crazy parent-child relationship where. The, and usually, unfortunately, many times it's the son. Uh, wow, until you know, thirty plus, forty plus, get married, and then, like, the bond with the mother or the father is so usually the mother, son with mother, and oh, so strong until like, much um, like not so much donate wife though, but you want to marry a person, then you have to be responsible for that person also. But in such extreme cases, oftentimes may neglect the needs of. The family, the, the the family that he started or she started in some cases. So uh, there are a lot of uh, wholesome, positive uh, results that can come from learning to be happy with yourself and by yourself. And if you can do that, starting now, uh, not wait until the last moment. Oh. Remember verse 40. Oh, Ling Zhong Ni Liu Ji, Zhong Qing Sui. Too late, huh? Uh, all these verses is not meant for you to only reflect or act upon at that moment. 
but is to know that if you don't realize this early enough, by then it's too late. Uh, so if you can start doing these practices over time, by the time it, it, you know you are at that moment, final moment, hey, you're quite steady. Yeah? Maybe your child happened to be sometimes the, the, the bane of being successful. If your child is not successful, whole day at home, huh? <laughs> your child too successful, fly here, fly there, then maybe at the time you are, you are on the deathbed, then the child too successful, having meeting in other country, maybe Germany or something, someplace, uh, well then, <laughs> I see, I see, 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 I mean, jokes aside, very sad, isn't it? Yeah? Then, instead, is there a different way to approach this? Why not? Yeah? Okay, is it okay? Well, if, the, if there are conditions, good to, to see them. If not, you know that you have lived your life as much as you can with them already. And now it's time to go. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. Quite, quite, huh? Yeah, I hope my final word. Quite, quite, huh? So this uh, is like a like a messenger. Yeah, like a messenger. So a messenger of of death of of Mara, yeah, when they come. Lai this zhi basically grab you. Uh, yeah. uh, when that happens, uh, so what good is your friends and family? Can they stop it? Yeah. Can they stop it? Will they bargain and say, no, no, you grab me, you grab me? But even if they are willing to do that, can, they, can you just want to have a one to one exchange? You can't. Yeah, you can't. Now, the first line, Mo Shi Lai Zhi Shi, in a way is a metaphor. Yeah? Uh, in other words, it is when death comes upon. Uh, so don't, don't read this line and think, oh, at that point when I'm going to die, I will see uh, this, I will see that. <laughs> don't, don't, don't create more problems for yourself. Huh? Uh, don't start anticipating in the end. Uh, Amitofo come, then you also visualize. <laughs> hey, how come Amitofo come? Not, not, not the worst. <laughs> uh, okay. Mm. So if our friends and family cannot really do much, yeah, what, what good? Not that our friends and family is not good to us, but in some cases they can be helpful. In such a case, they are helpless. Yeah. That's only one thing that can save, can protect us. Yeah. And what is it? Only our merits. Yeah. In other words, only the good that we have done can uh, protect us. Protect in what way? Assure us of a, a good rebirth. Unfortunately, this verse 
Ran but unfortunately, how? I have not uh, widely, universally cultivated. Now, this line is not saying that you all have not, but this is a reflection of the author. Yeah? Now, if you consider the person who, who wrote this, who is that? Santi Deva, no? Huh? He's not some average Joe, yeah? Hang out, Lakopi, no? Oh, but he says this, Ayah, but I have not cultivated widely enough, not universally enough. So if you, you know, some people, when you ask them to go and do, do charity, they say, no, last year I already donated. <laughs> I've never encountered people who say such things, you know. Yeah, like, like yeah, so my reply is, yesterday you eat, today you don't need to eat. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, when they're in that mindset, they, they, are, they are just quite convinced that, you know, three years ago I did done some charity, enough already, you know. And I'm not just talking about charity. Yeah, it's, it's about the mindset. It's about the mindset. Now, in contrast, uh, Venerable Shantideva, wow, uh, he is a cultivator, but he, he feels that he, this is what he will. Hiya. Or it can be a reflection of those who have not cultivated. If you have not cultivated throughout your whole life, when death arrives, your friends and family cannot help you. Only your merits can help you. But if you have not cultivated, how? Uh, then this will be a regret. Uh, this will be a regret. Yes? So how do we know that we have cultivated enough? Uh, if there's such a thing, uh, or that we are cultivated enough? Uh, how do you know you have cultivated enough? <laughs> I mean, so you take a notebook, you take a notebook, and then you start to write down <laughs> one point, two point. Isn't that some kind of like uh, defining? I don't know some traits or. Uh, there's a Chinese saying, "Ri <laughs> xing Yeah, I think it's a it's a good starting point. Uh, when we say "ri xing there are many angles to it. Yeah, xing means that on a daily basis, you do at least one good. Not that every day you just do one good enough, huh? <laughs> but you should at least do one good. Yeah. That you should um, apply yourself to do good daily. But again, I would, I would, <laughs> I would suggest that you don't... Um, the real thing is... To me, it's like how, you know, there are some who, when they do uh, practice, right, and they do chanting, they keep track, uh, uh, how many hundred thousand left, you know. Um, now, let me clarify. In the Tibetan tradition, they have this uh, uh, diversion of the Si Jia Xing. Yeah, in the Sutra, Si Jia Xing is one thing ren, Si Di, one thing ren. That is the Si Jia Xing. But in the Tibetan tradition, uh, in, and in Singapore, in, for many of us, when we hear Si Jia Xing, we are talking, we, are, we think of, or Da Li Pai, Tu Sa Wan Bian, then, I speak, uh, not, not, not ten times, uh, how, how many hundred thousand times? Uh, 
um, then the refuge, how many same hundred number of thousand times, then the offering, then the uh, six six uh, syllable mantra, how many hundred thousand times. Now, um, when such a number is given, uh, have you ever wondered if let's say it's one million, okay? Let's say it's one million, okay? And you are given a duration of one to two years. Uh, if you did nine hundred and ninety nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine, do you qualify? You miss by one more. If you go by pure numbers, you miss by one more. Then, what if you do one million and one? Does it make you purer? Does it make? Does it mean that those who have only done one million across the board? Are purified or enlightened, and you are more enlightened than them. Uh, in the past, when I heard about this practice, I just thought, "Wow, not not easy, huh? And then I heard about how uh, individuals they may have completed the whole set, but the the teacher may reject their request for initiation and ask them to redo it again. And yet, there are those who have not even completed the four, the full four set, but the teacher says, you are ready for initiation. Prepare. Next week, I will give you initiation. Uh, basically, in the Tibetan tradition, they have a ceremony to initiate you. Basically, in a way, it is to say, you are now certified. You are ready to start your practice. Not that you reach certain, but that you are ready to start your practice in this particular lineage yeah it's also called empowerment and people just ignore the the, the the front and the back part and then just use the word empowerment and wow so about the number it is a, a very skillful way to get people to to practice and cultivate to train the mind. To the degree that you train, to the degree you are purified. For some people, they just chant, chant ten times, they are purified. For many, for, for many people, chant a few million times, the mind is all over the place. <laughs> so, continue. <laughs> so, how? So, recently, in the past eight months, there, there's this family that is going through a difficult times. So I advised them to do some chanting. So as they started doing 3,000 times Amitofo on a daily basis. So initially, the, uh, the, the husband could not finish it in one go. So chant you know, a few hundred here, a few hundred there, 1,000 here, and then chalk up, okay, one whole day, 3,000. Over the months, start to be able to maintain it. Yeah? Uh, and up to this point, eh, one go, around forty-five minutes to an hour, three thousand times. Yeah. Then, one day he came to me during the weekly counseling, and then he asked, "Hey, now that I can chant three thousand times, I find that um, occasionally, uh, the problem is still overwhelming. I still." Oh, Cannot take it. So how? What else must I do? I really try and shun 3,000 times. 
I say, well then now you must chant more. I say, how much more? I say, now it's not about the numbers anymore. <laughs> I, I told him, I said, now you must chant until you're happy to be chanting. You must chant until you feel joy in the practice. Then the, the number of times you chant doesn't matter anymore. And that's the point. Because if you're chanting just to hit the 3,000, it's a good start. Lah. But it's not the end. It's not an end by itself. You must, whether it's doing chanting of Buddha's name, Amitabha, or you, you, you chant the Liu Zita Ming Zou, or you do meditation, or you attend Dharma class, yeah. it's the same. Yeah. If you attend 10 lessons, does it make you more enlightened? <laughs> of course, if you don't attend the lessons and if you don't have recording, then you miss out. Of course, you just know lesser. But knowing is different from if you attend to the point where and you apply what you have learned and you think about what you have learned, reflect upon it, and you have an un- deeper understanding. Ah, then you have a different joy. Then you don't need sifu or anyone to remind you to come for class. Then you don't need uh, any rules to say, hey, you must maintain 70% uh, attendance rate. It doesn't matter anymore. You know? Uh, because then you are truly benefiting from the class, from the chanting, from the meditation. Now, similarly, how much charity should one do? Ah, you should do until you, are, you rejoice in giving. Something about the kind of mental state before a person dies. Huh? Like at the deathbed. Don't wait until deathbed. <laughs> <laughs> if, if while you're alive and kicking, you cannot maintain that joy, uh, hard, to, <laughs> hard to talk about that when you're on the deathbed. <laughs> uh, not, yeah, you, you have a lot of regrets. Oh? So let's say if we are okay, let's say if a person is really at the deathbed oh. and then the person hasn't reached that kind of uh, cultivation, right? Uh, don't tell him that you're gonna you are gonna go to have unhappy states. Yeah. What, what can the person do then? Let's say if like really uh, so, um this is that this is what I advise people and it's based on the on the teachings. Uh if you are the immediate family, then try to recall the good qualities, the good deeds of that person. And it may seem strange, write it down. Because sometimes you may know certain parts about certain good qualities of this person that others don't see. Or you may be privy to certain good deeds that the person have done that others don't know. And many times for husband and wife, husband and wife, they know best. But they may not uh, share with the children that much also. Those the children, some don't know. No. Uh, so the, the either spouse should, don't wait until the person is at deathbed, if possible. You know, while the person is alive, 
Ah, husband talk about the good of the wife. Wife talk about the good. Don't don't talk in person, lah. You know, husband not around. Wife talk about the good of the father. Ah, the father in the past. Of course, there are bad things. So don't just cover up all the bad bad things. Say, yeah, the father this that. But there are good qualities. Yeah, don't wait until the death bed because if throughout the whole life never think about it before, then suddenly you, mother kind of death, then it's like very contrived, you know. Uh, a bit hard to imagine, but still good. Yeah, still good. Then what? What do you do? Do you do with the list? Remind the person of the good deeds. Uh, praise the person's good qualities. Now it's not lying, ah. Huh? It's not lying, ah. Huh? You just think about it. The whole BL is the toilet clean, not hundred percent. But when you are in the BL for class, you don't keep thinking about the toilet, isn't it? Uh, so likewise, when you are trying to counsel a person in the death pit, don't go there and say, "Bah, you know, ah, uh, last time, uh, <laughs> you know, ah, remind, don't 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 think about all the dirty linen, you know." Uh, that is the time. That is not the time. When they're alive, you want to quarrel, you want to argue. Okay, sort it out. Yeah. But some things cannot be sorted out. Oh, I tell you, some things just cannot be sorted. Mangkali xiao, you know. Oh, <laughs> mitofu. Yeah, but this is just an expression. Yes. Sorry. Ah, so by by doing this, it should it should help the person to relate to the positive qualities. So if I'm dying, yeah. Should yeah, we should think about the wholesome things we have done. Yeah. <laughs> but if you have if we have not you are, but if we have done any unwholesome things, we should repent. Uh, if possible tell a person uh, that you trust. Don't tell a person that you cannot trust and after telling after when the person stand there then actually don't have any ill thoughts. Then you keep on. Mokong, mokong, mokong. You must find a person that you trust. You share with that person to tell a person about the wrong you have done. But the person don't have to go and disclose to the whole world. Hey, by the way, uh, obituary then or, or during the eulogy. Uh, yesterday, uh, Lily shared this with me. <laughs> Uh, that time, uh, you know, <laughs> actually all coming to well, remember her, and then after the eulogy, all tweet, you know, supposed to go up and then offer flowers. I'm gonna tweet, tweet song. I was like, oh, love this kind of person. <laughs> no lah, really hard to find for lah. Yeah, except sometimes too giving uh. <laughs> uh, So, um, the family plays an important role. Yeah, for the person himself or herself, uh, you'd be surprised if I now ask you all to write down your good qualities. Most Asians find it very, very difficult because we've been brought up since young to be humble by force. <laughs> you know, humble humility by force. Yeah, by force because it's our culture. If you if you dare to say anything good by yourself, people will look at you. Your parents will look at and you huh? Buka buka. You know, it, it's just our culture. I don't know about your family, but you know some families. <laughs> yeah, but somehow it didn't work on me. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I once told my mom, I said, uh, I said that in, in, in Buddhist teaching, humility, the way chant, that time I didn't say the way. I said humility has no place in Buddhism. The truth is the truth. You just say it as it is. But later on, I found that the Buddha did highlight humility as a quality. So I think perhaps it's a mismatch of how we treat humility. Chinese humility versus Buddhist humility. Uh, in one of the, of the sutta, the Buddha highlighted a humble person, a person who has uh, good character or who is humble, uh, will not talk about his good qualities if nobody asks. If somebody asks, he will just say it brief. If a person push further and asks again, then he may give more detail. He wouldn't just own self. Uh, that's a reverse part. He would a good person would also not speak ill of others if nobody asks. If somebody asks, he'll just say in brief. And it, only when pushed further, then he'll give more details. Yeah, this is the 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 definition of what can be seen as humility. Yeah. Huh? Uh, this is our Chinese wrong thinking about oh, Zhao Kou Ye, cannot talk. No, no, no. What's wrong with, with inquiring? Nothing wrong with inquiring, ma. Yeah. Now the question is, oftentimes, what do you do with that information? Uh, what do you do with that information? Oh. The trouble with many people is with that kind of information uh, good things nobody wants to talk about it bad things whoa, spread 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 like wildfire yeah. so uh, oh wait what was the thing that I was talking about <laughs> before this Humility. Ah, yeah, yeah, humility. So what is Chinese humility? You know what is Chinese humility? Oh, let me give you the example. <laughs> I tell you. Uh, no details, huh? but some details, but no names. It was, it was a, fun, it's a funny thing. Uh, group of colleagues, friends, you know, ask, hey, after work, you know, let's play badminton. Then one of them asked me, do you know how to play badminton? You ask me, factually, yeah, I know how to play, more. can serve, can receive, can know how to play? Yes, I know how to play. Yes, how about you? Ah, uh, not so good. Yeah, long time never play. Then in the end, when we really go to play badminton, for me, how do I serve? Talk. 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 You know, the, the usual, just volley around, no? Then the person who said, Behel, behel. Smack. You don't have chance to smack. Huh? He, he served this way. And then the net, right? The net is like that. He served from here, then you know, touch the net and just come over. <laughs> the best thing is that the first time it happened, I was standing in the middle of the court. Then he just served like that. Then, hey. <laughs> then after that, I thought, okay. Then I, he served again. 
Oh, basically, to 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 seven new. Okay, game over. So <laughs> after that, your turn to say you are not so good. Eh? Then later, I found from another person, state player. <laughs> That's Chinese humility, oh. Do you think that is being truthful or being being untruthful or being humble? Yeah, but. I, I would say that as much as when we hear this kind of extreme case, it's quite ridiculous and we would, most people wouldn't do it. But actually, you are, don't you feel that there's this pressure to do this? That even if you are very good, you are supposed to say, no, no, I'm not very good. Exception case, yes. Right? Um, because it seems like the humility comes only from the mouth, his action doesn't do it. Because he can downplay himself. He don't have to do that kind of board to serve to you. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. You don't have to, uh, but he's doing that to, for what? See what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, I, so I know. So it's from it. the mouth only, but his action is like. Yeah, so Chinese humility, uh, Chinese humility is always about the mouth. Oh, this is really sincere. Or sincere. No, no, but having said that, because of the way he played, I also learned how to serve that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you see, I'm a, I'm a very hum- I wouldn't say humble, but I'm a truthful person. Uh, so I let you all know first. Uh, if you ever play the with me, you know how to serve like that. One. <laughs> but she and then drop right. And then drop on my side. <laughs> yeah. So the different qualities of the person uh, share with the person. Yeah, to to so that the person uh, in that state of mind, uh, the wholesome deeds become nourished and have a stronger chance to ripen. Uh, and if he can, uh, if there's no major obstacle, yeah, that means no major harmful karma that was done that is ripening, uh, the person can again have a happy rebirth. Now this is not a loophole uh, that oh that's every time just like that. because if you do enough bad deeds even if you have uh, all your friends and family encouraging you you are just overwhelmed by the neg- negative deeds yeah which is why the before death bed practices on a daily basis uh, that's very crucial uh, so just now I mentioned about how if I were to ask you all to write down your own good deeds. Can you think of any good deeds to write? If you... Oh, very good. Yeah? Uh, Krishna can think of some good deeds to write. The character. A font is this big. Oh, a font is this big. Just one good deed, right? Yeah. So I want you all to do this exercise. Because now, coming to... Well, this is the last lesson for this year. And we are just a few days before New Year. Tomorrow is the final day of 2016. Yeah, uh, do a simple reflection. Write down uh, the good qualities of yourself. Okay, uh, write down at least three. Yeah, that you can feel good about yourself. Uh, this is very helpful because um, it's not about being howling. <laughs> Or it's, it's not about being egoistic. But it's to recognize that, yeah, you are a good person. And being a good person, you are worthy of happiness. Yeah? 
they are worthy of happiness. This, there's this Bhante, Bhante uh, Sumaloka, he shares with me about how he counseled many, many people and he see that many people have a very poor image of themselves. And to the extent of even having a bit of, or maybe a lot of self-loathing. Yeah? That means, don't feel good about themselves to the point where they even don't like themselves. Yeah? Don't like different aspects of themselves. Not just physical, uh, but just when they think about themselves, they don't feel good. Yeah? How do you know? Uh, ask yourself, if you have a person who is identical to you, would you like to be to have this person as your friend? Uh, this is not about, you know, like, uh, but to, to have wholesome thoughts about yourself. You know, the, the practice of metta, we always say, may I be well and happy. Start with yourself, right? Uh, over the years, I start to realize, hey, it's not just about you know, to what how to feel good, no, but it's to really relate to yourself wholesomely. But you must have some basis, lah. If you really, so <laughs> then, then you're not in trouble yet. But then it should give you impetus to do something about your life. Uh, then you should ask yourself, okay, how can I be a person that I would like? Ah. Uh, because if you cannot even like yourself, why would why should anyone like you? Huh? So do this for yourself. We do a lot of things for ourselves. We bathe ourselves. We find food that we that this body needs and this heart or mind like, yeah. We we adorn ourselves. Yeah, we bathe ourselves. We we shampoo ourselves, we dye our hair, we do all kinds of things for the body. Yeah? And we do all kinds of things to please the mind. But all this don't really truly benefit us. Yeah. Uh, so do this exercise. Learn to really see yourself. Yeah. And say, hey, what kind of uh, how can I become a better person. And if if day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, hey you find that hey increasingly you start to feel happy about yourself. That is a very powerful source of self confidence. Then when, when someone pass a comment on you, well, you won't blow up like crazy, you know. Oh, you, oh, he gong won. You know what I mean? Yeah, you won't feel so like, oh, big deal, you know. Ah, you'll be, well, okay, well, well, I don't know why you, given the person said that, but, well, thank you for sharing what is in your mind. <laughs> you know, what is in you. Yeah, but, well, I, I don't agree with you. It's okay. We don't always have to agree with people. People don't always have to agree with us, you know. Uh, but if you, if you really have a wealth of goodness in you, then you, you have a lot of self-confidence. Yeah. And then you, you, you don't leave for people's comments or for people's affirmation. 
Oh, the kind of egoistic, you know, self-centeredness doesn't have the same roots as this. Yeah, similar but different angle. Uh, there's an accompanying practice with this, which is that if, uh, for most people, we err on the side of feeling not so good about ourselves. Uh, that's why I recommend this exercise. For those who are too full of themselves, uh, then reflection on the emptiness, the dependent arising of your qualities. That it, as much as you are... And you see, most people, when they are proud, it's not about good character kind of qualities. Seldom. Uh, maybe there are some people who are so proud. Oh, I'm such a good person. <laughs> maybe, uh, yeah. But the reflection on emptiness and dependent arising nature of all things uh, can then help to balance that. Uh, but don't be too quick to try to do everything all at once. Uh. Uh, as I often share with people, to fun to your Uh So how do we know? Uh? Yeah, how, how do you draw that line? Let's say I say, okay, I, I, myself, I, I, I'm very good. I, I'm just being, you know, high, high ego. Uh. How, that person, yeah. how that person is, is no business of ours. We only have to be concerned with whether we have high ego or not. Yeah, then then the question should be how do we know that we have high good, not how do we know that the person has high ego. Uh, well um, if uh, if our thoughts are often directed if we are more concerned about how we feel, that's a very clear sign of self-centeredness and ego. This is related to, to the sharing I often give about love. Yeah? Loving a person versus being in love with a person. When we love a person, we are concerned about that person's feeling, that person's welfare, how the person is. Being in love, these are loose definitions. Uh. The opposite would be, or the counterpart would be, how, this, how we are feeling in this relationship, how this person is making me feel. Now, in a healthy relationship, it would have a combination of these two. Healthy as in unenlightened being, uh, if a person try to veer overly to one side or the other, it may not be healthy also. For example, uh, if a person, the, the obvious one is, if the person is just totally preoccupied with how themselves feel, very clearly self-centered. So then, sometimes we overcompensate and think that, oh, I should just love selflessly, uh, only concerned about how that person feels. That is not healthy also, you know. Uh, that's not healthy also. Why? Because if 
we only consider how the person feel, then the question is, can we sustain that? I've, <laughs> I've. Yes, uh, there's no, there's a bit, it's a bit uh, ironic. It's like you're, uh, you're, you're trying to be selfless when you're not even like, selfless you're showing huh? like care for yourself. For yourself uh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if a person were to do that, on one level, it's actually not healthy for that person that you are showering this kind of love. Why? Uh, in many cases of this kind of uh, one-sided kind of love, uh, then the person who is like totally like, oh, whatever uh, arrangement is only consideration for that person, then what happened? It actually, uh, it actually creates a, a, I sacrifice for that person. Fine and good if you can sustain it. But the problem is, if the person do not reciprocate, or do not reciprocate enough, then over time, up to a breaking point, uh, well, I tell you, the switch is even more drastic. Oh, I give in, I give up so much for you. Wow, I give so much consideration for you. Uh, I sacrifice myself for you. Uh, all these years. Uh, and now this is what I get. Wow, look at you. Ah, me tofu. Yeah. yeah I, I, you have no idea how many people cry in front of me. Wow. Then I'm like, then why do you do that? But do you do it really? Yeah, really. Then why are you complaining? Huh? <laughs> uh, the problem is that at the get-go, yeah, seems to be willing, but it cannot be. It's not sustainable unless you are enlightened Buddhist. Oh, again, you can. Yeah, that, for them, the the equation is very simple. Yeah, they they, they don't have any because they, on their side, they don't need that kind of gratification. You see. But for unenlightened beings, you still need that gratification. Face it. Accept it. Yeah, I need you to love me. <laughs> you know, I need you to consider my feelings also. Uh, but try a balance. Uh. So if you can... if I mean, these are various exercises. Yeah. And it's not meant to be a one-off thing you do and then you forget about it. But... Over time, routinely, ah, you you bring this to mind, yeah. And if you can do this, eh, then your your mind is healthy, yeah. And you can relate to people in a healthy way, wholesome way. Over time, I start to appreciate why the term wholesome is used and not simply good. Yeah, that is wholesome, you know. And if you can live your life in this way, don't. Don't wait until you're going to die, then you be happy. Live your happy life, then you can die happily. Uh, the Buddha's teaching is uh, to be experienced here and now. Uh, this is one key distinction yeah, in Buddhism. That the, the Dharma is to be experienced here and now. Okay? Uh, I want to... Uh, extend an appreciation for Bhante Dhamma Ratana for giving us this chance to learn this uh, commentary together.
also to thank uh, uh, Wakefi who, uh, who represented the Buddhist Research Society to approach me several months back and then to actually suggest this commentary. Yeah. Uh, and also uh, to all of you for coming to learn together. Yeah. Uh, and I look forward to next year, Thursday, uh, for this learning to continue. Yuan Xiao San Zhang Zhu Fan Nao. Yuan Xiao San Zhang Zhu Fan Nao. Yuan Da Zhu Hui Zhen Ming Liao. Yuan Da Zhu Hui Zhen Ming Liao. Huyan Zhu Zhang Xi Xiao Chu. Huyan Zhu Zhang Xi Xiao Chu. Shi Shi Chang Xing Pu Sao Dao. Shi Shi Chang Xing Pu Sao Dao. Amitofo. Amitof